This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 672. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 672. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. Hope you're doing well. Oh, I'm recording this in a heat wave and it's so hot. (laughs) I will also clarify that a heat wave in Seattle means like 91 degrees, but it's 91 degrees and high humidity, like, I don't know, 60% or something humidity. I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot. And also we all live in hundred year old homes here that don't have air conditioning. So I'm just sitting here sweating (laughs) and I keep on like, opening doors and windows thinking, well, is this making it better or worse? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm just very sticky right now. So I hope wherever you are, you are nice and cool, maybe enjoying a gentle breeze. Maybe you have like your feet wading in some lovely, cool water at a beach somewhere, (laughs) whatever summer looks like for you. I hope you're enjoying it. I want to talk today about sense of agency. And I'm excited to talk about this. And this was actually inspired by a trauma training I did just last week. So last week, I did a three-day trauma training for coaches and leaders. 
how to become a more trauma-informed coach, trauma-informed leader. And it was with Trudy LeBron, who I deeply admire and respect. If you're a coach, you need to be following Trudy's work. If you have your own business, you need to be following Trudy's work. She's actually going to be on the uh, coming up on the show again as a guest soon. She was a guest a while ago. I'm having her come back a second time because she recently wrote a book called The Anti-Racist Business Book. And she's just phenomenal. So more on Trudy coming later. But if you're a coach, like go follow her and you can like just you should be learning from Trudy for sure. I will link up Trudy's info in the show notes if you want to go hunter down and stalker in the online spaces. So today, what I want to talk about is agency. And this idea of agency was referenced multiple times in the training that I did with Trudy. And I kept thinking like this, pieces of this conversation or a conversation around agency would just be so valuable to you, my community. So of course, in the training with Trudy, we were talking about trauma, but what came of that was the different coaches and leaders who were in this training with me, we were talking about a person's sense of agency and the how important that is. And especially when you have people in your community who maybe have been impacted by trauma, which by the way, is almost everyone <laughs> and on one level or another, like trauma can look like so many things in the over the course of a lifetime, it's very likely that you will, will be impacted by trauma. And if you have survived a global pandemic and and a racial reckoning and now like this whole entire political landscape in the United States of America where things continue to just be really uh, unpredictable and uncertain and oftentimes very scary, you've experienced trauma on some level. So when it comes to agency and trauma, we want to be really conscientious of how when we're building communities or being leaders of communities, we are making sure that people have a sense of agency so that if someone is in a situation and they have trauma in their background, that you are not taking away their ability to feel in control or have a sense of ownership and a sense of safety in any given situation. So that's how we were talking about it in this training, which was so, so helpful to learn about and just connect a lot of dots in that area. What I want to talk about today is not necessarily the way that sense of agency connects to trauma, but what is sense of agency, why is it important? And then how can you develop your sense of agency? Because this is what I think is really, really important. And as I started researching this kind of as a tangent to the work we were doing in this trauma intensive, I started getting really excited. <laughs> it's like, I feel like the stuff I'm learning in just this little like side research is really, really necessary and helpful information that can give you all, my lovely community members, a sense of power in your daily life. And I thought this might be like a little gift that I can give to you. So what I want to tell you first is what is personal agency? So personal agency is the sense that I am the one who is causing or generating an action. So this is a definition that comes from researchers uh, Gallagher and Bandura. And they talk about a person with a sense of personal agency perceives themselves as the subject influencing their own actions and life circumstances. So when you have the sense of agency, you essentially you feel in control of your life and you feel like you have the ability to make choices and the ability to do things that allow for you to get your needs met and be safe and go after what you want and live your life to the fullest and all those good things that we want, right? So why is this important? Well, to have a sense of personal agency is critically important because if you want to be constantly moving toward the things that matter most to you and you want to be constantly growing and evolving in new ways, of course you want to feel like you have a sense of control over your own life. 
But even just to have your most basic needs met, you want to have a sense of control over your own life. So if you feel like you don't have a sense of control over your own life, some of your basic needs around safety and security aren't going to be present. So the sense of agency is really essential for you to feel control over your life, to feel in control of your life, to believe in your capacity to influence your own thoughts and behaviors, and have faith in your ability to handle whatever life throws at you. And that doesn't mean that you have all the answers all the time, but it means that you do have this sense of like, the world can throw me some curveballs and I can figure some things out. And so it's really important that we develop this capacity to believe that we can be our own best managers of our thoughts and behaviors. When we feel that way, we show up differently. If I feel like I can be a good manager of my thoughts and my behaviors, then I'm going to wake up every day feeling like, okay, like, I don't know what's coming my way, but I think I can figure it out. Or I might wake up every day feeling like, I got this no matter what, like, I'm going to figure it out and I feel great. So we have this kind of varying sense of being able to wake up in the morning and feel like the outlook is good, even if the world is hard. And that is extremely powerful. What would it look like for you if you could wake up every day and have that sense of, man, I don't know what the world's going to throw my way today, but I know I can figure it out. And I know I've figured out hard things before, and I know that I'm in control of my thoughts and my behaviors. And so even if other people or other circumstances derail things throughout the day or throughout this my workplace or throughout my whatever, my surviving, my, being around my toddler today, that I can still be the person in charge of my thoughts, my behaviors, my actions, um, and have that sense of agency over who I am, how I want to show up, who I want to be in any situation, etc. And that is so, so critically important. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS.
This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. So as you're listening to me, you're like, you probably are thinking, yeah, it'd be great to wake up every day and feel like I got it waking up every day to own the day. So I recently did an episode on how to own the day in 10 minutes or less. And some of the things I talked about in that episode were definitely catalysts to helping you feel this sense of agency, to helping you feel like within a 10 minute window, here's some things you can do to shift your sense of power or control in order to feel like, something unpredictable happened, something uncertain happened. I don't know how things are going to turn out, but here's what here's how I can best manage my time, my energy, my emotions around it. Here's how I can take action to feel like I'm in charge of things. Here's how I can stay on top of things and stay feeling like I'm being positive, proactive, purposeful in any given situation. So I want to help you develop your sense of agency in this episode and talk through six different ways you can develop a sense of agency so that you can feel like you have this expanding and expansive capacity to influence your thoughts and your behaviors, and that you also feel like you have a growing ability to handle a wide and widening range of tasks and situations and circumstances. Because when you have that sense of agency, you will go do bigger, more powerful things. You will take more chances. You will take more chances on yourself. You will have growing evolving, rapidly potentially growing and evolving courage and confidence in the areas where you really want to develop yourself and develop your life and try new things and push yourself into and challenge yourself in new ways and in new circumstances. So how can we develop a sense of agency? Lots of different ways. I'm going to walk you through six ways. And I got some of these from an article and I want to make sure to cite this article. So I'm going to put this article in the show notes. It's an article called Seven Ways to Develop Personal Agency. And the article is written by Paul Knapper and Anthony Rao, R-A-O. I'll link it in the show notes, like I said. What I'm talking about here is not their, some of this is inspired by their work. This is not directly their work, but some of this is inspired by their work. So I wanted to make sure I cited them as sources for inspiration for some of this. But 
I'm definitely taking some pieces of and some thoughts that they had in their article and then applying that really to the stuff that we do in here. Knowing you all, as I know you, I was like, okay, I can read this article by these two dudes and I can discern what in here makes sense for my community, what in here is going to give you the options and the power and the sense of choice and freedom and liberty that you want out of agency and your sense of agency. And then what in here is like, you know, written by two dudes who are not moms who are living a very different lived experience. And so I took some inspiration from the article for sure, but definitely, definitely really curtailed this to be specific to our community and to the community needs of the Shameless Mom Academy. So the first tip I want to give you to developing your sense of agency is managing and controlling stimuli. So when you look at what you let in, which we talk about all the time, I want you to have a sense of what you let in definitely can have power over your sense of agency. And this is going to look really different from one person to the next. So we don't want anything to have power over you, right? Power over never feels good. Brene Brown talks about the difference between like power over versus other kinds of power. So power over means that you are powerless to whatever that force is, whatever that stimuli is. That's not ever what we want. So how can you control stimuli around you so that there's not things that have power over you and that you can be the one to say like, hey, I'm choosing to let this in right now and I'm choosing to shut it out right now. So a really clear and easy example for this would be social media where you're saying like, hey, I'm going to let this in today from like, you know, 8.15 to 8.35 p.m. at night, after I get the kids in bed, I'm going to scroll Instagram. I'm letting it in, but it does not have power over me because I'm also really conscientious, like 20 minutes is enough. I'm turning it off. And that's the only input I'm allowing from that stimulus today. So how are you controlling stimuli, whether it's social media, whether it is in relationships with certain people, whether it is in your inbox and how often you are uh, allowing that stimuli to come into you, whether it's the music in your kitchen. Some of you have heard me talk about how my husband in the morning like walks from room to room in the house turning on NPR because he wants to like hear a news story that started when he was in the bathroom and then he walks into the kitchen and doesn't want to miss a beat. And I cannot handle when I'm trying to get Vinny ready for the morning and I'm like doing my own things too. I cannot handle having like the news talking in the back. I can't talk radio in the background when I'm trying to like get my child organized for the day and organize my own thoughts for the day is like, it makes my brain want to explode. It makes me feel very powerless. I have like no sense of agency because it's just too much stimulus. And so he walks into rooms turning on NPR and I walk into rooms behind him and turn it off. <laughs> and so that's controlling stimuli, limiting external stimuli in certain situations. So we do this in all sorts of ways, but how are you doing this in an intentional way so that it allows you a, the opportunity to develop your sense of agency? I was just this week or last week scrolling Instagram and noticing that I'm having this really visceral response right now to women on social media, and this is going to sound super judgy, but I'm just going to say it, women on social media who post beach pictures that are like supposed to be about like something kind of inspirational, but really it's just like an excuse for them to post a picture of themselves in 
a bikini with their six pack. Now, everything I just said was super judgy. <laughs> and, and you might be like, you might hear that I am in, this is some of my own internalized stuff around diet culture that I should be able to look at that and be like, that's great that she feels so fantastic. And she wants to, you know, share her bikini picture on social media and have this inspirational thing under it, whatever. And you might be judging me for my comment, which is totally fine. What is bothersome to me is that I feel, and other people are going to handle the stimulus really differently, but my sense, the way I internalize that stimulus is that the some of the women who I follow are wanting to use that picture to spread a message with a caption underneath it, and their intention in sharing the picture isn't really about the inspirational caption underneath. And the inspirational captions underneath, by the way, are typically like, really great inspirational things that have nothing to do with this woman being in a picture in her bikini with her six pack showing on Instagram. What I struggle with is that the inspirational message, I think, is not aligned with the photo because the photo to me seems like it is perpetuating diet culture and perpetuating perfectionism around women's bodies. Now, this could all be a story that I'm making up about the people who I'm seeing doing this, I could be totally wrong. I definitely think in some cases I'm right. And there's probably some cases that I'm completely wrong, regardless of whether or not I'm right or wrong. When I see these pictures, I get really frustrated. It like grates on my last nerve. I get really into kind of my righteous rage about diet culture. It just, it distracts me for the day. I lose a little respect for the person (laughs) sharing the picture. Like, it just puts me into this kind of tailspin that's really unnecessary. And I was noticing as I was seeing this, and this is kind of across the health and wellness influencer space that I'm seeing this. And, but it's definitely not like with explicit messaging promoting any idealized body types. It's really like, it's all reading between the lines of perpetuating idealized body types, again, in my opinion. So I had this realization that like, huh, Sarah, you're spending a lot of time being really annoyed by this and letting it get in your way of starting your day when you see some of these pictures. So you probably need to control that stimulus, (laughs) like like mute those people for a while. Just like when you see someone doing that, just don't give it a second thought, mute that person for a while or unfollow them or whatever, just because It's not helping you right now and it's taking away from your sense of agency when that distracts you in your work for the day because you actually have a lot of other shit you really need to get done. So I've had to be really conscientious of like, okay, I'm not, I'm intentionally like not looking at that stuff right now because it's triggering to me. It just totally gets under my skin. So I'm making myself mute or unfollow for just for right now because I don't need that distraction. My sense of agency is knowing that these are things that trigger me and that are really distracting to me and distracting to the course of my day, to the course of my morning, to getting other important things done. They don't serve me at all. Like This is me using my sense of agency. Another thing I've been doing to control stimulus and control stimuli is using focus mode more often so that when I need to be doing focused work, like recording this podcast, for example, I'm turning on focus mode on my phone and on my computer so that I don't have text popping through and other notifications popping through where I can 
quickly and easily get distracted by something and get derailed from a 20 minute project that then becomes a 40, 50, 60 minute project because of that little like split second blip on a screen when I saw something pop up. So controlling stimuli is one way to develop your sense of agency, knowing I am intentionally shutting this thing out for right now or maybe forever because I want to make space for other things or be really conscientious of what I let in right now. So that's number one. Number one way to develop your sense of agency is controlling stimulus, controlling external stimulus in certain situations. Number two is being selective about your associations. So choosing who you associate with and how you associate with them. Looking at what are the relationships that are serving me right now and what are the ones that are not? What are the ones that are costing me time and energy that I can't afford to burn right now? And again, this can change sometimes. And so sometimes we're looking at like, hey, like, this relationship I can't invest in right now or this connection. I, and when I say relationship, it might be like anywhere from like a colleague relationship to a family relationship to a friendship to a like anything across a spectrum of like how you relate to other people. But where are you investing time in the people and the relationships that you associate with in a really conscientious way? And so in any given season, you might be like, right now, like I don't have time for this group or committee or people. And not in a negative way, not because you don't like them or have shared values, but like you just don't have time because you have a lot on your plate. Or it might be like, there's actually some people who cost way too much energy in my life and are really unhealthy for me to be around. And so it's not just in the season. It is actually like a permanent thing where I'm like, I they're not invited in. They're not invited into the inner circle. Or there might be somewhere else on that spectrum where you're on any given day able to invest in a certain way or any given season able to invest in relationships in a certain way. So looking at how are you being selective about who you associate with and how you associate with them so that it's giving you control over self that you need. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. 
My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. So there are relationships in my life that I have completely disengaged from because it was costing me too much. And that's okay. There's also relationships that I have backed away from in the last year because they were costing me too much stress in heightened moments. So these are not relationships I've completely disengaged from or completely cut off, but it's been more like I'm being really conscientious that when I am in communication with certain people that I am not being reactive, which means that I always wait two to 24 hours to reply to them, whether that's via text, via phone call, via email. So associating selectively and having a sense of agency over that means that you're conscientious with who you associate with and how you associate with them and being aware of this is a person or group that I can be in close contact with and that feels safe and comfortable and purposeful and productive to me. Or on the other end of the spectrum would be this is a relationship that does not feel safe, that does not feel trustworthy, and that I am not willing to be in at all, or maybe somewhere in the middle. And maybe it flexes and fluxes over time, and that you might be moving at different times along that continuum in terms of how you're able to be in relationship with a certain person or a certain group, and that's okay too. But being conscientious about, I am intentionally, selectively associating in a specific way in order to maintain a sense of agency over how I want to respond, my own thoughts, my behavior, the way I'm going to react with this person or these people and in those situations and those circumstances. Number three, the third way to develop your sense of agency is to know how and where you process best. You have to know how and where you process So if you struggle with your sense of agency, if you struggle with feeling like you own, you can, you have the capacity to own your thoughts and behavior, you have to know where you process best. So I know that I process best. I think things through and can think through to the point of a solution best when I'm walking, running in the shower, driving, or talking it out in therapy. Those are for me. Again, walking, running, showering, driving, or talking it out in therapy. That's how I process best. And when I am feeling like I don't have control over my thoughts or my behavior, I know that I need to go to one of those places or people, therapists, in order to process, in order to return to a place where I have a sense of agency, where I can process to the point of reminding myself like, oh wait, you feel powerless in this situation, but you actually always have a certain level of power. And how can you remind yourself that and get yourself back to that place? So for me, that is a huge part of my exercise and why I need to move first thing in the morning because it allows me to process and really feel like I go into the day from my strongest position of power and owning in my strongest sense of agency. Um, It happens in the shower all the time where I'm like trying to figure something out and then I get in the shower and I'm like, oh, I could do it this way. Like all of a sudden, it's just the idea is there. Same thing with driving, long drives, which I don't often do long drives, but a lot of things will come to me driving and then talking it out in therapy. Because sometimes for me, talking it out, 
I don't know if anyone else is like this, but like I can talk myself in circles in therapy, which I always feel like is probably annoying to a therapist, but that, hey, I'm paying them. I would rather do it to them than to a friend. And by the time I get to like through the circle a few times of talking to, through a situation, I um, can process to the point of getting to my own conclusions, which is a really great feeling. That gives me a huge sense of agency to be able to process something through to the point of coming up with my own solution. And that happens a lot in therapy. Fourth way for you to develop your sense of agency is to commit to growth and evolution in your learning and mindset. And so, and this is something that I was just so reminded of when I went through this trauma uh, intensive last week, was that in really owning that I am a constant learner and that I really love learning, which was such a, this intensive was such a, it was a three-day event. And like all three days, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the intensive. It's so great. And then I was super sad when it was over because I love learning and I am so committed to learning and to growth. And so it's like, for me, it's like being a kid in a candy store, like get to go and listen to someone else share their knowledge around something that I'm really interested in. And so I'm really committed to that. And knowing that I'm committed to evolution in my learning and my mindset gives me a sense of power, especially when things are hard. I can have the sense of, yeah, things are hard, but I know that I have the capacity to learn more, which will guide me to new solutions and guide me to more options. Always, always, always. So consistently adding to your arsenal in order to be intentional around who you are becoming is the byproduct of being committed to growth and evolution in learning and mindset, recognizing that like you are, you always have the potential to learn more and shift your mindset into a new space that gives you a new layer of power or a new sense of agency or a different sense of clarity or sense of direction or, or level of discernment. And when you are adding to your arsenal in order to be intentional around who you are becoming, you will gain so much clarity and discernment around who you are becoming. And this piece is really important as well. There's been decisions that I've made in this last year where I've said no to some things that seemed like great opportunities and like even like no brainers in some cases, like you could make great money doing this thing. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that though, because that's not aligned with who I'm becoming right now. And so like, while that's, it's a good opportunity. It doesn't make sense right now. And so being committed to this growth and evolution in my learning and mindset does create the space of discernment around like, oh, these are the things I'm saying yes to right now. And these are the things I'm saying no to right now. And here's why. And that sense of agency overall around all that feels really, really good. That decisions don't hang over me with power over me, but instead I have the power to recognize like, hmm, yes, this is a great opportunity, but mm, Actually, nope, it's not the right time for me right now. And that feels really, really good to be able to be clear on that. Number five, the fifth way to develop your sense of agency is to routinely give yourself time and space to check your gut, especially before making a decision. Oh, this is a really hard one for me because I either want to make a decision really quickly because the decision is stressing me out or I want to wait forever because I'm so worried about not making the right decision. And so I either go too fast or too slow. And so when I go too fast, and we're going to talk about going too fast here in number five, and we'll talk about going too slow in number six. So when you go too fast, you don't have time to check in with your gut and you don't have time for that clarity and discernment that you need around 
why is this going to be my yes or my no? Or why is this going to be the option that I'm choosing? And that clarity and discernment is really important. And so routinely giving yourself time and space to check your gut before you make a decision, before you respond to the email, before you say yes to the thing that you maybe don't really actually want to do, is going to create space for you to tap into your self-trust and recognize like, yes, this is aligned or no, it's not. But it makes you listen inward, which a lot of us are really bad at doing. (laughs) We are not good at listening inward when we are so overwhelmed with external stimuli all day, every day, especially as moms. So taking that time to check in with yourself, check your gut before making a decision is really, really crucial. And then you can make a decision being like, okay, here's the decision and here's why I know it's the right one. And there's a lot of sense of agency to be able to say, this is why I know this is the right decision for me. That piece is really, really important. And then number six, the sixth way to develop your sense of agency is to practice being a decision maker and an action taker in a timely manner, even if it goes sideways sometimes. So for those of you who take long times to make decisions and you get stuck in procrastination, you lose your sense of agency when you're stuck in procrastination for too long because it feels horrible. We start to have way more self-doubt. We have negative self-talk. We start getting uh, stuck in the comparison trap. So you want to practice being a decision maker and an action taker and identifying that like I'm someone who makes decisions not overly quickly or overly rapidly, but in a reasonable amount of time to maintain the momentum of being an action taker and recognizing that sometimes it's totally going to go sideways and being okay with that. And then really embracing that sometimes when I make decisions, it doesn't go the way I expect, but I learn through the fumbles. And in learning through those fumbles, I increase self-trust and sense of agency, which only allows you to be a more confident decision maker and action taker moving forward. So it becomes this really powerful, beautiful cycle of making decisions, taking action, and then being able to be nimble around whatever the outcome is. So sometimes the outcome is great. And sometimes you're like, huh, didn't think it was going to go that way. And now like, how am I going to adapt and be nimble in this moment that's different than I expected and really roll through the fumbles. And as you do that, you're going to be like, oh, I'm actually pretty good at problem solving or troubleshooting or being adaptable in those sticky moments when decisions are unfolding or outcomes are unfolding. And there's a lot of power in that, that recognizing that like I have a sense of agency even when things aren't going the way I thought they were going to go. So those are your six ways to develop agency. Control stimuli, make selective associations, know how and where you process best, commit to growth and evolution in your learning and mindset, routinely give yourself time and space to check your gut, and practice being a decision maker and an action taker. So I want you to think about how do you want to feel in your daily life, in your work, in your relationships, and how important is it to you that you are in control of how you think, how you feel, how you emote, how you make decisions, and how you take action. If this episode was helpful, please share it. As always, screenshot it. Tag me at Shameless Mom Academy on Instagram. I love to see you sharing episodes. I will be back here on Wednesday with a fantastic interview. And until then, have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash 
Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.